right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We got an awesome episode with Cat Cole and Bryce is going to learn all about how to scale his energy drink and build a big, big CPG company. Bryce, what do you got for us? Super excited for this episode, honestly, mainly because it's promoting my energy drink, any energy. We have some pretty big guests coming on in the future. We just did one with Mark Cuban. Uh, we hit number nine globally first day of the podcast. That's freaking insane. Number one in business. So we can't thank you guys enough for all the support. Uh, but as I was saying, we're going to have big guests on in the future. One not so big, Josh Richards. Come on in. Co-founder of Any Energy. Yo. <laughs> <sighs> Dope intro. Thank you, dude. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, You're not that no, important. No, not at all. Yeah, I just co-founded your energy drink. <laughs> 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 Gets like super serious. Yeah, it's like, uh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. Need more work. Yeah. Before we get into today's podcast, it's actually sponsored. My first sponsor. I don't even know. I'm not even brand friendly. I don't even get sponsors. So huge shout out to BlockFi. Um, Pomp is a huge cryptocurrency guy. I'm actually looking, uh, I'm looking near in the future to buy some Bitcoin. I'm going to buy one Bitcoin because, I mean, Pomp's a Bitcoin god. We're going to have some Bit- Bitcoin prodigies on on this podcast, so it would only make sense if I had a Bitcoin. Guys, today's sponsor is BlockFi. Go check them out. You can go to BlockFi.com slash Bryce, B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com slash Bryce. You can earn up to 8.6% interest in their interest-bearing account. I'm an investor in the company. I sit on the board of directors. They're awesome. I keep a bunch of crypto there. Go check out BlockFi.com slash Bryce, and let's get into this episode. Pop, don't also forget that when you open a new account, you get a $25 bonus as soon as you, you sign up for BlockFi. That's pretty sick, too, as well. BlockFi.com slash Bryce. BlockFi.com slash Bryce. Do it. Go there. All right, you can perfect. stop the podcast right now to go there. <laughs> We're pumped today to be able to learn more about what we can do to evolve our company and how we can keep growing out any energy. So everyone listening right now, you guys, grab your popcorn, sit back. If you're in a car, don't crash. Put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on and let's learn some shit. Yeah. Learn how to build a company with us. Yeah, seriously. Even if you don't have the numbers, this is actually really good information for everybody to learn. My name is Evan Burns. I'm one of the co-founders of Annie. Uh, My background is I started a website called Odyssey in college, which is one of the largest college media websites out there now. Uh, I've done brand deals with major outlets like Procter and Gamble and Red Bull and whatnot. Um, also co-own a alcohol company called The Finish Long Drink with a few celebrities like Miles Teller, the actor, um, DJ Kygo, who's obviously a really, really famous global DJ and uh, really got into more of the CPG space. So I met, met Bryce and Josh several years ago through a mutual friend, Michael Gruen. And when they said that, you know, look, we want to think about creating an energy drink, we, we used some of that, that long drink experience and got into the world of thinking about how to make Annie. Hi, everyone. I'm Swanson, and I lead marketing for Annie. In the past decade, I've spent most of it on digital transformation, leading global digital marketing for Nike, Revlon, Elizabeth Arden, and Estee Lauder. Right now, I sit on a couple of public company boards, as well as work with VCs and private equity companies on spotting new trends and new companies. And this is one of the best ones I've found so far. All right. So Kat, why don't you just tell us kind of two or three minutes on your background? And so the boys can hear how you basically built you know, your career and got to the position being the president and CEO of Focus Brands. Yeah. What's up, guys? I'm Kat Cole, uh, COO and president of Focus, a little over 4 million uh, in global product sales. We have seven brands, 
Auntie Anne's, Cinnabon, Carvel, Moe's Southwest Grill, Jamba, formerly known as Jamba Juice, McAllister's Deli, and Schlotsky's um, around 60 countries around the world, 7,000 franchise locations, another 100,000 points of retail distribution, over 100 CPG SKUs that themselves do about a billion five in total sales from the brands that we own. We grow by acquisition, so we find restaurant brands that are franchised, acquire them, apply our expertise in branding, franchising, licensing, manufacturing, e-com, all of that, and help those brands maintain or grow their relevance and scale around the world. Uh, before this, I was global president of the licensing division, which was manufacturing and consumer products, and then president of Cinnabon, turning the brand around uh, out of the recession from 2010 to 2014. And before that, I was an executive at Hooters. I started as a Hooters girl and worked my way up to being an executive of the company, doing $800 million in revenue when I was 26, helped grow the brand around the world, learned so much there about branding and vertical integration. And so that's the, that's the background. And my side hustle is I speak and mentor and advise founders and companies on everything related to high growth and leadership. Hold on. So guys, the reason why I wanted to bring Kat on is because you guys obviously are building a CPG product here with any energy, right? We're going to get to that story in a second. But also, I think one of the unique aspects of Kat's career is very early on in her career, when she was literally early 20s, she was given a bunch of responsibilities. She was opening restaurants at Hooters. She was kind of doing international expansion and building these global businesses. And so I think what you guys aspire to do is very similar to what she's already done. And so let's start maybe with you guys giving the story of how Annie Energy came together. And then we'll get into some questions as to maybe how she can help you guys actually build this business. So, um, when, when I met uh, Josh, was, who I've actually met first before Bryce, it was through our friend Michael Green, who I think actually is who organized this podcast coming together. Um, but what we first were talking to Josh about is the difference between being a content creator and a business person. And Gruen swore, he's like, this guy's a business guy. This guy's a business guy. I'm like, okay, like, I've never met him, but you know, you don't see that when you see his content. He's like just a you know, teenage guy that's got all these girl followers. And he's like, take the, take the, the call. So we did a call and Josh is immediately telling me how when he was in high school, I guess maybe even younger, he started making some um, uh, lacrosse nets. I don't know the name for those, but yeah, lacrosse yeah, nets. Yeah, he was like making his own custom lacrosse nets and selling them to people in his town. And I was like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. You're innovating a product that your friends actually want and you're selling it. That's, that's pretty interesting at whatever he was, 13, 14 years old. So I was like, all right, okay, Gruen, I'm listening. And you know, we, we all got to know each other more. I met Bryce after that at some, something we were at. And Gruen called me back another day and he said, look, these guys are tired of shotgunning somebody else's drink and giving Red Bull free promo because they get all these millions of views. We want to make our own. And, you know, Miles Teller and, and my long drink had had some success doing canned alcohol. We're like, look, maybe we can leverage some of the resources. So we said, let's give it a shot. But the credit I have to give to Bryce and Josh that I believe most of their fans don't see, they just think they live in these big mansions, have a lot of fun, the money comes rolling in, is that, you know, we buckle down and do work. There are scheduled meetings that we have. These guys are showing up on time. We're going through spreadsheets. We're going through pricing. Even on the product development side, we agonize for hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks during quarantine over what's it going to look like? What do we name it? You heard Bryce talking about how we started with Animal, but we changed it to Annie to make it a little more softer and broader. Um, the design itself, the colors, uh, formulations. I mean, you know, how many times did we go back and forth on trying the different flavors and all that? Uh, going to the factory, we went, went, flew up to Seattle and drove two and a half hours out of town into some small town called Yakima, Washington, and <laughs> yeah. spent a day at the factory watching them, you know, troubleshoot the factory line. So this is something that 
um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of their fans should know, like, this is a real job. I mean, this is a real thing. And what, what's really driving the, the priority is the difference when you, from when you own a company and you have equity in it and just getting paid by brand. And I think Bryce and Josh have realized that while a lot of other influencers have just made brand deals, which are great, there's nothing wrong with it. That money comes and goes. But when you own a business and you build equity, that's something that you can in the future, maybe sell it or in the future, you know, pull cash flow out of it. That's a whole different animal. You control your destiny, as some of my uh, mentors have said. And, and, you know, really, George Clooney has been the guy that did this best with Casamigos. Yes. Te- Casamigos, I mean, tequila, that was a, a billion-dollar exit. Diageo just paid a billion dollars for an actor's tequila, which is crazy. And that's the goal for Andy. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I think we're trying to replicate a little bit of that here, of how do yeah. we bring great audience, super, super high engagement, and a really great product that, that tastes amazing. When I look at products, there are three things that make it successful. First is the brand, right? And Bryce and Josh obviously have one of the most amazing brands in the world, but it has to really appeal to consumers, right? You can put products out, you can put brands out, but the moment of magic between a brand and its audience is when the audience feels like you get them. So I think not only are these guys really good at being on the pulse of culture, they're helping influence and create it. So you first lead with brand. The second thing that's really cool, though, when you have brand bringing people in is you've got to have really good product, right? You can only put lipstick on a pig for so long. So once you get people through the door, you have to have really solid product to keep them there. And so this is awesome. I mean, I'm drinking it right now. I've traded it for coffee. So I think that checks those boxes. The third thing, though, that I really love, and I, it's piggybacking on what Eb said, is these guys are true businessmen. And I have the same concerns, right? When I got the call, I was like, well, I know these guys are influencing culture, but do they really want to be serious and build a business? And they do, right? They're there with the product. They're sitting there with our marketing launch strategies, doing campaigns, brainstorming. So I've been really impressed at the umbrella that they're approaching this with because it's not a product they're putting a name on. It's a product they own, and it's a platform for an entire vision of what the future could be. So that's been, that's been really exciting because that means it'll continue to grow and evolve as they grow, as their fans and followers grow. And as they stay on that pulse of culture, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, so I think you guys both hit the nail in like honestly with saying everything that that needed to be said uh the energy drink was just an idea at first because of the initial shotgunning of red bulls um and then we turned it into an actual drink that tastes amazing with the help of you especially evan you got this done in what four months yeah, I think we started from idea to being at the factory Literally. in like four months. Four and a months, week or and that's uh, that's like that is unheard of. I mean, and, we were and, all meeting like every couple of days on it. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that that alone should just tell you how hard we were working on it. Um, we are super confident. I'm sure you guys have said it. We we think this can be the next Red Bull, if if not bigger. It can be a lot of work. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a shit ton of work in years down the road, but super confident about it. Especially when more flavors come out. Black cherry is definitely the best. I don't know. I like lemon lime. I'll fight you on that. Yeah, that's a fight. <laughs> what happens when you mix it? Uh, dude, I actually haven't. No- I want to taste it with alcohol still. I think we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I know. We have a list any- of things to do. Let's do a recipe contest. We, guys, mark our words. You guys know. You guys have seen the pa- uh, the, the paparazzi outside of Saddle Ranch all the time. We're going to get this in, in Saddle Ranch. We're going to make uh, vodka Annie's. There was, a, there was a discussion last week in, I think, about a Bryce Hall character like yeah 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 because i'm 21 yeah. josh josh would have been on it well you're 21 not. i hadn't heard that recently yeah i know i'm 21 yeah. i actually threw uh a little party so it was like a little get together for my 21st <laughs> that i immensely regret <laughs> 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 uh, 
So how did it start? Like, what was the outside of the shotgunning and then the idea? What what was the leap from we should do this to then naming it and formulating it? Tell me about that. So uh, pretty much Annie started when uh, Bryce and I would just shotgun Red Bulls in our YouTube videos. We realized it started to become a trend. People would send videos into us. And we were like, we got to stop promoting Red Bull. We need to stop promoting a different energy drink. We need to just make our own because we don't want to sell our souls to Bang Energy like other influencers. Exactly. Uh, we just decided to create our own Annie Energy. We're actually drinking it right now, and I'm pretty jittery. Yeah, you it's can only tell. only 70 milligrams of <laughs> caffeine, though, so I don't right. know why I'm so shaky right now. Yeah, you're speaking pretty <laughs> quick, so you can tell that the Annie's hitting you. Annie is working, guys. Seriously, it is probably the best energy. Actually, not probably. It is the best energy drink. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe. Knocking Red Bull out of the out of the water, mm-hmm. but does it taste but, better? Mm, oh, pff. okay, that's probably where it it, it, it just it, dominates. Ooh, it dominates any other energy drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you if you watch our YouTube videos, we're very high energy in our YouTube videos, very fast paced. Everything's so action packed, just crazy all around. So energy drinks, basically, if energy drinks were a person, it would be us. So, <laughs> so it's, it's definitely the perfect route we could have went with this. And I'm, I'm super excited to move forward with it. Yeah. It's, it's doing great right now. Yeah. I mean, I think we met up, uh, we talked to Michael Gruen, a friend of ours about wanting to do this energy drink. Um, then we started to get on calls with, you know, other founders of, uh, CBG products and, uh, we met Evan. So we started talking to Evan Burns, who has long drink with Miles Teller and another drink company that was doing really well. And we decided to partner with him. And that's when we started to create Annie. Nice. And so guys, started out as an idea. Explain a little bit about where the name Annie came from. And then maybe you can ask uh, Kat a bunch of questions in terms of how you guys want to build the business. So Annie is short for animal, like animal energy. Like you're, you're like, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? So um, <laughs> unleash the beast, baby. No, okay. Isn't that a monster slogan? I have no idea. I don't know. But hey, we're, we're just so animals awesome. all, all together. But it kind of goes with my party animal brand. And a lot of the, the things that Josh and I are doing together doing are together. So it's like it would only make sense if it appealed to everything that we're doing. Yeah. And I think we tried to uh, cover up the so like masculine uh, approach of doing something like animal energy. So we turned it into Annie. We thought that it had like a... A nicer, or I guess kind of like a, it's a softer, more sensitive. Yeah. It's you know like a, I mean? it's like a softer, when you hear animal energy, that's almost like monster. That's like yeah. almost yeah. like Red Bull. You're, that's you're like expecting like 400 milligrams, milligrams uh, of caffeine. Like bang like, energy. Yeah. No, this, yeah. this is like, uh, just to, just to get the day started on a Monday and to, uh, mix your drinks with alcohol on a Friday. You know what I'm saying? Right on. Cool. So love the backstory of the name, uh, making it a bit more appealing to a broader audience, which is super smart. Uh, and being uh, a more literal representation of the caffeine levels or the energy levels that you get from it. So it's not going to knock you on the floor right away. So I love the thoughtfulness there. What else around the branding outside of the name connected to this kind of animal lifestyle? What else have you thought about as it relates to the brand, its voice, what it represents? Clearly you, but how else would you describe it? So our audience is mainly female. Um, I think Josh, you have... 70 or 80 percent guys on all platforms mm-hmm. uh, I mean, 70 to 80 yeah 70 girls. to 80 girls yeah, yeah yeah and mine is around the same but on youtube i have 40 percent guys so the the can itself any energy when you see it it's colorful it catches your eye mm-hmm. and it appeals to mainly females because because of the pop and vibrant color cool i 
think I mean like even dudes like when it started out with White Claw well like White Claw was a, mainly a female drink mm-hmm. like only it would be kind of clowned on by like fraternities and and people are like oh I'm not drinking a White Claw I'll stick to my beer or my Rona you know yeah this is this is like I feel like it's gonna go down the same path with Annie it's gonna be appealed to mainly females at first and then people are gonna realize actually how good it is and then guys are gonna start going crazy with it so you're you're if you think about customer target in terms of a, like a bullseye, an actual bullseye, your target, even though there are many rings out, like others who will follow them is, is females, yes. females looking for energy drink. Cool. And so then yeah. everything you do, even though the, the community expands and the fan base expands, one thing I've learned is to just keep speaking to that core. Like the, if they were the influencers of the first product, they'll be the influencers of the additional product. Sometimes brands that grow fast, like you guys are in your product, get really excited about all of the customers that now um, the product is reaching and the brand starts to take a really weird Frankenstein type turn because you unintentionally don't realize you're morphing it to try to appeal to everyone instead of keep coming back to that bullseye, right? Just like keep, keep coming back to them in a way that's relevant. doesn't mean you don't occasionally talk to other people, but Mm -hmm. the, the, the branding, the storytelling, the voice, the core partnerships you might have, like strategic alliances and partnerships, just keep hammering on that bullseye. It is the passionate few that will influence the rest of the market as opposed to trying to speak directly to everyone. So you guys heard it here first. Girls, try out this Annie Energy. Right. And then guys, Maybe. try it later. You. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone buy it. It's sick. It's a really good energy drink. So Kat, may- maybe you can help them understand a little bit. Um, obviously, by having very large audiences as uh, kind of these social media stars, um, they've got the ability to sell directly to that audience, right? And that audience tends to be kind of female heavy, younger. Uh, but I think that they both have aspirations and kind of the whole team at Annie has aspirations to get this into uh, wholesale, get this into retail. Detail. Talk a little bit about what those types of buyers um, or, or maybe those chains are looking to see in early sales or traction to make it something that they would consider actually um, going in and, and purchasing or partnering on. So what's really cool about you selling direct to your own audience right now is you probably have some level of awareness of who you're selling to, not just their gender, but where do they live and where are you shipping and you know a little bit more whatever information that they'll offer you. That information is currency, Um, not necessarily the data itself, but the fact that you have community with those individuals. And if you have community that aren't ordering from Kroger or Publix or Aldi, you know, online on whatever app, Instacart or whatever, if they're not ordering there as frequently and they fall in love with your product and then all of a sudden it or some version of it, we can get to that later, different channels, different products sometimes, Um, whatever they get there, you're bringing people to the category. The buyer doesn't, the buyer of the grocery store, the buyer buyer of the bar or the restaurant where you're going to sell your product in addition to direct sales, always in addition to, these things are not um, separate and in most cases not competing. Sometimes they can be. In the early days, it's almost all incremental. But what they want to know is you're bringing people to them. And that has to do with demographic, psychographic need states, so any of the information that you can share about who's buying from you, how they love it, how they're sharing it on their social feeds, what the repeat is. So huge trial, right? Because you're famous. And so they want to buy this stuff. What's the repeat? Because if it's good, they repeat. Mm-hmm. Trial comes from word of mouth. Repeat comes from quality and product. 
And so aspiration and affiliation. So the more you can share those details with a buyer, the more they will bend their rules and they have many to get you on shelf. Things like slotting fees where you've got to pay tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars up front to basically buy your spot on the shelf. Occasionally, if a product is popular enough, big enough and brings enough incrementality to the category, you can negotiate those things or you get a bigger exclusive deal with certain retailers or partners. So the more you can talk about your your trial, your big numbers, who it is and the repeat, the more you'll be able to break down walls very easily to mass market retailers. So we've been going down the route of like no brand deals because we don't want to promote other uh, brands, especially for just like such a a small little portion of what they're actually going to make. That's why we we created mm-hmm. our own energy drink. We're, we're going down the route of wanting to own everything that we awesome. like either wear. Yeah, or, I think or it's, I, I think Bryce is pretty much saying like there, there's two different ways where we can make our income. And that's like the instantaneous drop brand merch, deal. do a brand deal, uh, post a YouTube video, or we can actually make money over time and something with, you know, more longevity, which is like get equity in companies instead of the actual yeah. paycheck. And that's the path that we've strived for. And um, I feel like we are definitely encouraging everyone that's watching and listening, whether you're an influencer or wanting to become an influencer, I say going on that route too, because in the long run, it's definitely going to be the most successful route. hundred percent. That's right. And if you have this business where it's your brand and you're earning income from that, then the way that gets stickier, the way it becomes less volatile, less trend dependent is it has, um, a much broader distribution. So you're, you're going to own distribution on your own because it's super smart to own that relationship with your customer. But then over time, the way you keep out competition, the way you become the most prominent energy drink brand is also living where other energy drinks might live. And so those buyers of stores or retailers, all the st- everything you guys have worked so hard to build is a huge part of what is going to make that attractive to them to add on shelf or to promote. I agree with you. You're too early and too powerful in the curve to go co-branding your product necessarily, but your brand, your Annie actually living in your own direct sales channels and then through other channels, whether if you want to, whether that's convenience and fuel, like do you want Annie to be everywhere or do you want it Uh, to be just your fans? Definitely. Yeah. Everywhere. everywhere. 100%. So, so that is a really important founder agreement. Is that we yeah, think think of it as like a like a we're pitching it to you. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're having you on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So if you're pitching that and you want it to be everywhere, because it'll be successful, it is already successful and it will be more successful over time because you guys are committed, you've got a smart team, smart partners, it will do well. You want it to kick ass and take names. You want it to live far beyond the work you and your team can do. You want other people working to promote Annie right? Like that's Mm -hmm. layers and layers and layers of promotion. And that comes from it being in different points of retail distribution and someone who can help you think through, which I'm sure you have on your team, that channel strategy. So you have a certain size now, you have a certain flavor. How does that evolve over time to keep your fans excited, to keep retailers excited? So Annie as a brand keeps growing without you having to do necessarily more and more trench work but rather it's kicking off these ripples of marketing and sales activity and other points of distribution, whether it's in restaurants like ours. Uh, so that people can grab it in addition to their 
burrito or their sandwich or whatever, or on a shelf or on Instacart and grocery stores, it's important that it gets out there so that people learn about the brand that are beyond your immediate fan base and so mm -hmm. it blocks out competition. So look, Bryce and Josh have a huge following and, and we did a pre-launch a couple months ago, got tons of engagement, fans went through the roof excited about this. Uh, and we are, we are talking to retailers about some exclusive deals like you were talking about, which we're excited about. Um, one of the things that's been interesting though, is trying to translate uh, the excitement of Gen Z following Bryce and Josh to people who run these retailers who are generally not Gen Zers that are executives of uh, Fortune 500 companies. So how, how would you recommend that we help uh, older generations who are the ones in control understand the impact of the TikTok world, the Instagram world, influencers, and how much business that actually drives? Yeah, it's a, a great question and a serious reality. I know for you guys and, and several like amazing founders and makers out there breaking into the larger commercial world. So a few things I would do. One, find any examples you can, even in separate industries of trends that drove transactions that started in similar places. Can be apparel, food, um, shoes, just find the examples. They're if they're more mature in business, the category buyers literally just speak numbers. They talk to you about turns, how many turns a week, what are you going to get, churn, slotting, uh, retention, repeat. It's all dashboards that they manage their business off of, and they want to know how what you're doing is going to affect that report, essentially, the business. And it's hard to say, trust us, it's doing this over here. If we just put it here, it's going to blow up. And they can't envision it. So show any examples you can out of category, and there are plenty, to almost like a pitch deck. You know, you think about your pitch deck where you talk about the total addressable market and competition and indicators and trends that might lead an investor to believe in the opportunity. Same thing for buyers, especially when you're early in the curve like this with the, with the business model you guys are using. I mean, it's crazy that it's hard for them to understand, but your audience first. They, they're so used to fighting for audience with the shelf and your audience first. So the more you can show examples of products that have started where you are and grown in different industries, but just keep hitting home, we are audience first. Um, find a few examples. I'm, I'm sure some of you will have some of products that started, now go to your category, energy drinks or related drinks that started small on shelf that they mm -hmm. took a chance on and how long it took them to grow a certain audience. And then you can tie that back and say, we already have that number. We already have those people buying, but some, there's gotta be a bridge to their world. So speaking about trial and repeat and other um, products that have started in different industries, starting in the influencer world and blowing up in other channels, even if it's not food, and then a beverage, and then go straight to beverage, look at the category, Use your resources and your network to find some stories of brands that started small and slowly grew. And you can get the numbers with your connections and then compare that to what you already have in your channels. Those things alone allow you to break down what Gen Z knows intuitively about how this can blow up to speak to numbers in a way that um, that really resonates with them. So good to see you, Kat. Uh, we know each other from the branding world, but I want to pick your brain on one thing. We're balancing two different brands here. And of course, they're adjacent and overlapping, but there's the brand of Josh and Bryce, and there's the brand of Annie. So as you think about the industry, the different channels we'll be launching in, do you have thoughts on how we manage the two, all the way from the identity to the content to launches and activations? Yeah, 
Um, such a great question. So you're clearly launching an individual brand, Annie, and it has its own story. It has its own persona. Um, it is inspired by your lifestyle and your brand, but it is its own thing. So when, if, if I were you and I were writing creative briefs, for an example, for the two brands, for Annie and then for you guys as rock stars, I would make sure there's connective tissue, but it's really obvious where they differ. And that will come from brand voice. So if you say Annie is really rooted on uh, in animal, this animal, party animal, animal lifestyle, what about that is absolutely present for the user of Annie? is absolutely what your users are using it for. Yeah, they're still chugging it, but as you get in more places, they're gonna just be drinking it throughout the day. So what exactly is in that storytelling that overlaps and is different and make sure that there are distinctions? If it's always the energy drink by you guys, then it is, it is forever tied. It is forever tied to you and anything you do and anything that comes up, good or bad, is going to lean on and affect that brand. And that's good when it's good. It's not when it's not, and you're human and everything won't be perfect. So the more you can say that Annie stands on its own, but the, the brand, the Bryce and Josh brand is the marketing vehicle, right? It's the original marketing vehicle. They are not the same brand. One brand is the marketing engine behind the other. Eventually, Annie will have its own marketing engines that are just fueled by you guys. Um, but for now, they are coupled. And so you've got to be thoughtful about the storytelling in a way that is authentic, but doesn't fight with the brand. Like as you were describing Annie and, and young girls drinking it, I, I was, yes, envisioning the party, but also just envisioning people buying it in their car and drinking it in an Uber and enjoying it's, it or having a case at home. It's a lifestyle drink and it can yeah. be used as like a, like a party drink. That's right. And so, and so because the drink, because you want it to live for all areas of life, um, making sure that brand storytelling and the creative briefs are incredibly distinct in everything, in color, in vibe, is going to be important over time. But then I would still keep that linkage, whether it's back of the can or on the website or the marketing story to talk about how it was inspired. I think that's still your truth right now. And that can evolve over time. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Get a big gulp there. Yeah, sorry. I was drinking <laughs> Annie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have to run soon. So I just want to say thank you for coming on, giving great advice. We really appreciate it. And we will definitely be utilizing a lot of the advice that you, you told us today. Nice. Most importantly, inspiring a lot of other people too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure all the viewers watching and listening, like I loved. Got some I loved great your advice today. earlier to the listeners that whether you already have a community or not, if you've got an idea for something, build it. Start selling it in front of your house. Sell it out of your kitchen. You know, you never know who's going to see it and like it and enjoy it. That does have an audience or that does have a store. All my brands, you know, we've got seven thousand locations and a hundred thousand plus points of distribution. They all started as one. They all started as like. One dude, one family, one woman. I mean, Annie Ann's literally is a woman named Ann. She's a real person. She started twisting pretzels, making them for a fundraiser at a farm stand. Amazing. And then people, so it's just that, I mean, you're, you're, you are on an accelerated path because you have this audience and that is 
amazing for the most part. And then you'll have to watch out because that big audience can also cover up what might be things that are opportunities in the product. And so somebody's got to be your truth teller on your team. Like, yeah, we're selling a lot, but let's look at the data. The repeat isn't going well. Like we need to do something with this flavor or this formula. You got to have that truth teller because things look so good on the outside when you already have a big audience. And some of the biggest mistakes I've made in porting brands around the world, growing franchises, is I did not question success as much as I questioned failure. And then I duplicated what I was doing. And it turned out I was repeating behaviors that actually weren't driving success. Success was coming from other things. So the, the more you can, whether it's consumer research, time with your fans, straight talkers on your team who are telling you the truth, that yeah, is what will help Annie go from it's high trial. Annie tells us when we're an idiot all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. You don't <laughs> want it to be just trial, right? You want trial, repeat, growth, more SKUs, more retailers, brand love. And then Annie can, you know, could end up being in other categories at some point as this lifestyle brand um, that you talked about. But it's got to have a strong foundation if it's going to branch off into other, other SKUs, other retailers, other countries, other categories. As you think about the growth of some of these brands, starting off with Auntie Anne's like making pretzels, right? Is there an inflection point of which something starts being ground grassroots with a small audience to starting to become, instead of just friends and family and followers, to the next circle of referrals, reviews, et cetera, to household name? Yeah. One of the inflections point, inflection points that we've experienced is when we got into high foot traffic venues. So airports travel plazas, right? You're in one place, but lots of people are coming through and seeing you and spreading the word. And so it's Great a very trial. efficient yeah. way to show up. Now, the equivalent of that, of course, is YouTube. <laughs> you know, you're there and everyone sees you. But if you, if I think about these inflection points to, to your question, Swan, for various brands, Many of them, they, they happen at different points, whether it's because you got investment and in, in, you can invest in inventory or you got lucky with a customer who was famous or, you know, they all have different inflection points, but some consistent inflection points are when we get into high foot traffic venues, because then the brand looks bigger than it actually is. And, and that's, that's a fun time. It's also hard to keep up with because people think you're huge and you're like, it's just three of us, <laughs> you know, and we don't want to know what to do with all this. And you got to catch up and get investment and build up inventory and manage the sales cycle. Th those are really fun times. But those inflection points come from moments of high visibility. And then they pay off because if the product's really good, people are trying it. And then there's pent up demand because they try it somewhere and they go somewhere else and they can't get it. And then they go online and either order it from you or they start asking their restaurant or a local bar for it. Like, hey, do you guys have Annie? Oh, you don't? You know, a bartender hears that a couple times and they're like, we should get this stuff. You want that inbound coming from people. You want them to have a taste, which is certainly an argument for sampling and drop shipping fan love to your fans. So they just fall in love with it. And then, yeah, you can order it from us. But a little love note from you guys, ask your local bartender you know, to have Annie or ask this person to do that. All those little tentacles into the world matter and they add up. But the inflection points um, typically come from high foot traffic or high visibility events or locations. I guess as me and Bryce continue to try to grow out Annie Energy and get it into multiple different stores, um, what is 
in your opinion, the best way to go about it? Is it to do a deal with a specific place like uh, Walgreens? 7-11. Or, like, yeah, just, yeah, just a regular store like that. Or, or should we go where we try to put it everywhere? So um, I love that question. And the good news is getting everywhere never starts by going everywhere, right? right. It always starts with one. And that might be your decision with who you choose, or it might just be the first big one that comes your way and you're like, sold. <laughs> so, but, but that's, that's why agreeing that you want it to be everywhere matters because some founders want it to be a little more sequenced or only be in certain places. But if you're like, no, forget that. We want this thing everywhere. Then you right. know, ultimately, the big players where you want to be. There are large uh, convenience chains, large grocery stores, um, you know, the, the trifecta of Walmart, Target, Kroger, and all of the related grocery stores. I mean, once you get in a few of the big ones, everybody's following on. But sometimes it's a little one that you get the deal with first, so you take it. So you can get some volume, exposure, and experience. Um, so a few ways to think about it. One, make everything about your fans. I know you already do. But that mm -hmm. is what makes buyers of these chains excited when they see you, not just you being awesome, but you showing pictures, images, and numbers of your fans, because that is who is going to come to 7-Eleven and buy, not you, right? That yeah. is going to be your fans. So the more- We you can't just, thank our fans enough. That's yeah. right. And so just more, right? It's like endless love, an endless circle of appreciation and admiration. They love you. You love them. Keep showing. And just the bigger you get, don't forget. And yeah, because won't. they, it's their story that you're telling to Walmart. It's their story that you're telling to 7-Eleven and Target. And, and then it's actually going to have to work. Like you launch it and then people have to show up and you know, you can get people to show up, but will they show up more than that first time? Will they come again? Will it lead the mm -hmm. category? So I would think about that audience filter that you already have. Second, if you get an opportunity to do a big deal with one of the big retailers, typically there's a period of exclusivity. It's a window. It's not the end of the world. It's 60, 90 days of we're only going to launch with you because you're taking a risk on us and we're making a bet on you. But right. then the window goes away and it's open season and you can go anywhere and everywhere. So just, you know, be prepared that you might hear a conversation you don't like, that you can only be in one big place for a period of time but that will fly by and you just want to put all your energy into making it successful. So then the other retailers start lining up and asking for you to come instead of you having to have that heavy lift to sell in. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, something that you touched on that sticks with me or resonates with me is the, it's always about the fans. Like you have to show love to the fans. And I think that's something that uh, we see also in like the social media world, uh, along with the totally. business world, a lot of creators will get very big. And then you'll see them, maybe they don't respond to comments as much or they don't like as many comments or they won't post as many stories or go live with fans, whatever it is. And but you all can the also, fans pick up on that. Though. Yeah, but you can also defend them in a sense. I'm not defending them completely because yeah, I also sometimes tougher. do that. It's the, it, as you get bigger, there's more hate too. So it's like you don't okay. want to look at your comments as much because you know how much hate you get or, or if there's just annoying comments. So that's like, just one defense that I can think, but then like a hundred percent show your fans love. Yeah. They're, they're, they're there. They're the ones, they're, they're the reasons you're famous. They're the reasons you're making money. That's right. Like, show and them love. Bigger, Give back. As you get bigger, the reality is you, you physically can't connect with everyone, right? There's yeah, it, like so an, on an individual's, but yeah. just 
rotating through in a few a day or few, you know, the fact that you're just doing it regularly. And I love Bryce that you brought up the point of haters, right? And the the negative blowback that you will get. It's why that bullseye, that obsession with that core focused audience matters because they're they're the ones that you really care about if they start to be like, oh, we don't like this flavor. Oh, we don't, the can isn't great for it. Like they're the ones you want to listen to. Everybody else is noise in the early days. It's the, it's the yeah. fabulous fan core. And that helps you over time. I still deal with this with not only customers, franchisees, our brands around the world. Everybody wants to do things differently. No one's ever happy with exactly what we launch when we launch it. It should be bigger. It should be cheaper. It should be spicier. It should be sweeter. <laughs> But, but because we have a core that we're focused on, we know when we've hit 90% right on, and then we just go and put all of our energy behind it and then focus on sales and execution with our retailers or partners on the back end. So you're thinking about it in, in such great ways. Kat, thank you so much. Yeah. You're, you're an absolute savage. Everyone already knows. Savage. <laughs> Kat is literally running the world. Uh, thank you so much. I know that uh, you've got to go, and I heard uh, maybe there's a kid who is not so excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing it. You're old named Ocean. He's five. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. We really appreciate Thanks, it. Kat. Awesome. So good to see you guys. Let me know if I can help separately. Love what you're building. Appreciate Thanks so much. It. Thank you. Great to meet you. Bye, Bye Kat. Thank you guys so much for watching slash listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and rate it five stars. It helps us a lot, uh, helps us a lot immensely. I'm sorry I can't talk, but um, we'll see you guys next time for another great podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, guys, subscribe, leave a like, comment what you liked about the podcast uh, so Bryce can keep rolling these out with pomp. Yeah, do it. Seriously, subscribe. Like, now. it really helps. Like, subscribe. Or do it. Do it. Number do it one now. podcast in the world. It's number nine right now, but peace. It's going to be number one. Peace. Number one.